Welcome one and all to this week's bonus Manchester Green New Deal podcast episode. I'm your host, Alex King, and I'm joined by mixing magician, environor and ruddy decent bloke, Andrew Glassford. How's it going, Andrew? Very well, mate. Very well. Big news this week. Very pleased to be hearing about it. Uh, Let's crack on with the show. Indeed. Yeah. So listeners, let me take you back for one moment to the year 1986. Diego Maradona's hand of God has broken English hearts. The Big Bang has sent shockwaves through the financial markets and Margaret Thatcher has broken Britain's buses. Her government's 1985 Transport Act, which came into force the following year, has privatised and deregulated buses everywhere except London. Fast forward 35 years, and Greater Manchester Mayor Andy Burnham is hit back, announcing that the city region will bring its bus network back under public control. It's a huge win for Manchester's communities and commuters, but most of all, it's a huge victory for Better Buses Greater Manchester, who have campaigned tirelessly for years to reform the buses. So for this bonus episode, we welcome back to the show Pascal Robinson of Better Buses GM to find out more about the reforms, what happens next, and finally, to celebrate. Welcome back, Pascal. So much for having me. It's nice to be back. Yeah, it's been a while, um, but great to have you on the show. So run us through what happened this week. What did Burnham say? Where were you when you found out? And what was your reaction? Yeah, so this week's been a big one, of course, on, I want to say Monday, well, on Monday, we took, uh, we did a small action outside Andy Burnham's office to try and get one last press hit to try and say, you know, the community are really in support of this. We want our buses to be brought back into public control. Um, There have been a few articles recently saying that these plans are controversial. And we were thinking, what? No, they're not. The majority (laughs) of the community are completely united in wanting better buses thinking they deserve better buses so that happened Tuesday was the meeting of the leaders where nine out of ten of them said that they support these plans and we were really happy with that especially because we'd done a lot of work to bring uh, council leaders with us on that and then of course Thursday we had the decision I was watching on the kind of Facebook live um, (laughs) him make that decision my stomach was in my throat and he finally (laughs) announced that he uh, was going to bring buses back into public control which was incredibly exciting we're we're ecstatic and of course now our work is holding him to account on that making sure that we have buses that do serve the community and and that have a passenger and staff voice as well but um i think i'm really confident that this will mean better buses that work for our communities and that it's a step nationally towards that yeah. um instead of profit how long have you been, you've been working on better buses greater manchester I've been working on this since late 2018. Yeah, it, it's been a really long effort. Of course, the campaign came out of um, a campaign to stop publicly owned bus companies being made illegal. Yeah. So in 2017, that was the state of play. That was a campaign that was run by We Own It, and unfortunately, we didn't succeed. However, we what was made possible is, uh, as I've chatted about on previous podcasts, <laughs> a move to allow local authorities, local combined authorities with an elected mayor to bring buses into public control. So we realised really quickly that Greater Manchester was going to either make or break that possibility Mm. um, and set Mm -hmm. a precedent. And so we were funded by the Foundation for Integrated Transport to uh, run uh, my role for a year. And what originally I thought I was going to be doing is trying to pull together loads of groups for a consultation that I thought was going to happen within the first three months. So I was like, frantically organizing and then really luckily we well obviously unlucky in terms of in terms of how fast we've been able to move but basically the timelines as local authority timelines do got pushed back 
further and further, which meant that we had more time to build, but also meant that we had to keep up the momentum and keep that pressure going. And kind of on the back of that, then, like, what's it been like kind of organizing during COVID? Like, how have you adapted for that, for this still to to work, keeping hold of those communities for, you know, this extra year and a bit? Yeah, I mean, I was I was incredibly lucky that the first year obviously was not in COVID. So actually, I spent a huge amount of my time in that first year going to as many community meetings as I could, um, meeting as many people as I could um, and building those relationships in person. Um, so that we had a really broad coalition. For example, I wanted to build groups in every single local authority in Greater Manchester. So a huge amount of the small budget that we did have was paying for my tram tickets, my bus tickets to go and meet those people, um, build relationships, and of course, pull together that first public meeting where we pulled groups together that would pressure their council leaders. So uh, we had a foundation of really close relationships, so it wasn't that hard for us to move online and 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 it was like being with friends basically um chatting about what plans we were going to do to keep up the momentum amazing yeah um so how will Manchester's buses actually work under the franchise model, and when will it be introduced? So I understand it will be introduced in April um, or, or sometime early next year. But what it will mean in practice is that local authorities will plan the network now. Um, it will mean that they set the fares, that they decide the routes and that they will use profits from they will take the revenue. That means that they can use profits from busy routes to subsidise socially necessary routes. And it also means that they can integrate the whole system so that bus timetables line up with trams and trains, for example. Oh, great. And last but not least, we can have a simple, affordable uh, ticket that you can use on all modes. So it will be lots of big changes. So will they start issuing Oyster cards then at some point? That's the hope. Exactly. Yeah. And and there's lots of other things as well. So, of course, it, the mayor in London can set standards for um for for emissions for buses so bus companies have been forced to invest in more green buses um he he can also for example hold bus companies to account so if you're not running the service that you're contracted to run you get fined if you're caught without without a working ramp on your buses you get fined etc so it really is a kind of a whole move towards having a lot more control of the service and have have they decided on whether they're going to bring back the iconic orange buses of the 1970s? I've seen in the animation a whole range of colours. I mean, I personally would be really in favour of a kind of voting process. I know that sounds really silly, <laughs> yeah. but I think I think it's an important step to us realising that we have ownership over this and we should yeah. be able to have a say over the buses. And of course, that's yeah. a really, in some ways, trivial thing. But I would love to see, you know, passenger boards, um, disabled passengers right at the top level of decision making, yeah, workers, yeah. unions, etc. I'm imagining your campaign isn't really going to wrap up right now. Then are you going to be kind of sticking around to help? try and push that democratic kind of accountability into the system yeah definitely um and and we're a coalition campaign so we'll make decisions together about what what we think is the priority um we of course want to support drivers who are on strike right now and show solidarity with them so we're going to be organizing events we'll be you know trying to keep boosting the amazing work that they're doing uh to stop fire and rehire so that that feels like an immediate priority Speaking about councils voting for it, 
Uh, I believe Bolton Council was the only one that voted against the proposal. Do you know what their reasons were for voting against it? And what were your relationships like with Bolton Council over the last year? It's a really good question because previously um, we went to an all leaders meeting and um, gave them, gave each of the leaders thank you cards for moving the process forward. And I had a chat with with David and, and, you know, he seemed really, he seemed supportive. I think we've done actions targeting him in the past. He was the person actually who, when it came to moving to consultation, said he was the first one to speak in that, in another meeting and said, you know, I support this. This is good. We do need more control over our buses. And I've had support from Tory MPs, Tory councillors. So I definitely um, uh, was shocked to see him outright oppose it. His reasons were apparently that we've not thought about it enough, even though there has been. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So even multi-year process and they did another report into exactly how COVID would affect this decision. Yeah. And of course, the result was it's going to be better use of public money. This is what our communities need. So it's disingenuous for him to say that we need to think about this more. Yeah, there were two public consultations, like you say, one of them considering the impact of COVID specifically. And it's still said that the findings in the first consultation were robust, right? And that franchising was the best model. Just to sort of reflect then, Pascal, what would you say were the key lessons that other campaigns can take away from your success? It was a really broad effort. Like that's what I think that that's the thing I'm really proud of with this campaign is that we had so many different groups on board. So, and I think that made us really strong and it meant that we could appeal to all of the leaders, for example, that would ladder up that support to Andy Burnham and made him think this is an important issue. I cannot be seen to be on the wrong side of this. So yeah, I'm proud of of, of pulling that coalition together. We involved environmental groups, cycling groups, tenants unions, uh, community groups, groups that had tried to save routes in the past. We tried to say, you really cared about that route. And the reason you couldn't save it is because private bus companies will always prioritise their profit. They were amazing as well. They kind of um, renamed their groups like Better Buses for Tameside or Better Buses Uh, for X and like... And so that was amazing. We were able to come together and do work in our local areas as well consistently. I think in terms of other lessons, I think we were pretty, I I, I think we can be proud of being creative as well. So there were some amazing people in the campaign who, when we did a petition hand in, made a bus um, that we took symbolically from Stagecoach to Andy Burnham's office. Um, We made silly videos to highlight the way the bus companies were trying to mislead us um someone made a fake bus stop that we queued outside andy burnham's office to say we want better buses i, saw, I think i saw the pictures of that with uh andrew Gwynn and angela rayner i think was that was that last year for the better buses campaign yeah and and that for example was when we spent one saturday morning just raising awareness of the coalition um uh, sorry the co-consultation and we knew that the consultation was really hard to access. And so we as a group came together um, and, and thought about ways to make it really easy for people to answer. So, for example, we gave out postcards um, that allowed people to say in a few words why they wanted this to work. And then they could just post them to to the consultation. I don't think the official whatever your consultation person appreciated that because <laughs> you had to transcribe hundreds of of postcards but that was a way of again kind of getting into our communities and saying you can have a say on this your voice is really important and that was an accessible way of answering it amazing 
That's so clever. I, I think it's really important that you don't have to like play by the rules that things are brought to you with. You know, you can kind of change it and interact with it in different ways to kind of have more impact. And we have to really like centralize that. And I think what we try to do as activists. So we're, well done, everyone at Better Buses for that. Totally agree. Uh, we've touched on this a bit, Pascal, but what next for you now that you've um, got this historic victory under your belt? Um, I, th- I think I would love to see other regions going uh, down this route as well. I want We've got an event on the 7th, which I would uh, love as many people as possible to come to, where we're going to be talking about campaigning in other regions, South Yorkshire. Dan Jarvis has said he's going to do something about buses for years. Um West Yorkshire, there looks like, well, there is already an amazing campaign happening there. We want to boost that. And I think for us in Greater Manchester, the priority is is supporting those drivers so that we can make sure that this is much better for passengers and staff. And Andy Burnham has said things about, you know, we're, we're going to make sure this is a better deal for you, but we need to hold him to account on that. So that that feels like the priorities. Brilliant. Yeah, well, we've really appreciated the Better Buses campaign on this podcast and just before we wrap up, was there anyone that you wanted to say thank you to? Thank you to you guys for platforming the campaign. Oh. Um, thank you to yourself, Alex, for writing countless articles about the campaign. You know, um, the support has just been ridiculously wide ranging. And I think of all of those people as being part of our coalition. So, you know, everyone, Friends of the Earth, Manchester, Acorn. Um, there's too many groups, Steady State, Manchester. <laughs> Um, all of those groups, but also as well, like the group is full of passengers, people who just think of themselves as like passengers who deserve a better service, like those people that just got involved and did so much to help the campaign. Um, just huge thank you to all of them. But like, I, in some ways, um, it feels weird to say thank you because this is like, obviously, we're all really happy because yeah. we've been well, well. Well done, I guess, is the better way of putting it. Like, well done, everyone. Yeah. yeah. Congrats to us. And on that note, we end the show. Thank you all. All the best. Bye.